Thank you for all of your reflections and uh, you can still send more on 061-410-4107 and uh, also whenever you want to join in on the conversation, please call us on 011-714-2006. So uh, let's talk now about uh, the Arches' role in standing up for the LGBTQTI plus community and the difference he made in getting communities to embrace instead of hate or persecute uh, the LGBTQI plus community. Nontlantlam Kize is advocacy officer uh, uh, at... Uh, <laughs> okay, before we go to Nontlantlam Kize, uh, we're going to uh, play a clip on uh, Dudu and the issue of gay rights. I have to tell you, cannot keep quiet when people are penalized for something about which they can do nothing. First, gender, when women are excluded just simply and solely because they are women. But more perniciously, more ghastly, is the fact that people are penalized, killed, all sorts of ghastly things happen to them simply and solely on the basis of their sexual orientation. I oppose such injustice with the same passion that I opposed apartheid. 16 past 10. So Nontlandam Kize is advocacy officer at the Lesbian and Gay Community Health uh, Center and co-chair of uh, the Gozul Natal Task Team on Hate Crimes and joins us on the line. Nontlandla, one of the quotes that stood out uh, when I was uh, trying to prepare for our talk today was one of the things he said where he said, I would not worship a God who is homophobic. What have your reflections been on the passing of the Arch? Good morning much for having us on the show, um, um, KG. It's a sad loss. Um, I really feel that across uh, the continent, if I look at what all other leaders within the LGBTI um, space are saying, either on Twitter, on Facebook, or in many other social media spaces, is we have suffered quite also a huge loss um, as LGBTI individuals, but also for those of us that are also spiritual beings. Um, this person, uh, the Arch, was very much a moral compass for a lot of us in championing our roles and responsibilities within um, spaces of faith, but also spaces that have become family spaces for some of us that have been kicked out of our own homes, especially in spaces where uh, Oguba, lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender is still illegal. So it, it is a huge loss that we um, are experiencing. And some of the quotes, as you've already articulated, is very much one of those that he made about, you know what, I would not worship a homophobic God, but it's also very much um, as a stalwart, yeah, yeah, fighting for justice and against apartheid that when he says exactly the, 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 the amount of, of pressure and passion that I gave in the struggle against apartheid is what I will give in fighting injustices as they relate to um, gender identity and, 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 and gender inequality for us becomes one of those that really makes him more than just an ally, more than just a father, a grandfather, 
and as I indicated earlier on, a moral compass. Yeah. Where do we trace um, his activism for the LGBTQIT plus community? We know where, you know, we trace his activism, for example, for the fight against apartheid, because I suppose that's that was such a, a big and glaring activism to the world. But most of us don't know where to trace uh, his activism on the LGBTQI plus. Do we know? So I think we will not all be picking it up the same, mm. but I know for me personally, it's really when, as a country from the 80s, we started talking about the fight against stigma and discrimination of people living with HIV, mm. and we become a little bit more advanced in our talk about gender equality and allowing women uh, to be leaders, especially within um, faith spaces. Um, I remember between the Anglican and the Methodist and the Catholic Church, is having those debates about women rising above and of course it led us to the debates that were there about the church's role insofar as advancing the rights of people that are lesbian, gay or bisexual and I think at that stage the conversation was very much about the inclusion of LGBTI in our church spaces because for a a moment there we were finding ourselves being outcast Mm. in spaces of faith this is where you've been kicked out of home and you go and speak to um, a, a, a person of cloth about but then where is my home and then you find that that home as well that extended home is shut down for you so for me um, as a person who is both in politics also in LGBTI activism and in faith I, I remember um, some of his articulations coming from those type of spaces that mm. when we're fighting issues around stigma and discrimination and the concept of Ubuntu, humanness and humidity, that I found his voice um, coming out quite strong. I think in South African political activism, where it relates to LGBTI, we saw it quite a lot around 2013, 2014. Mm. Um, and I think it had a lot to do in our case with the concept of hate crimes because we had found ourselves in a space where so many of us were being violated and killed purely because of who we are attracted to or how we express ourselves. Mm. And I found the arch to be one of the men um, of faith who stands strong in his regalia and say, but this is who I am and these are our kids. Where is the rubbish bin to throw them? So for me, it's just being his consistent messaging of we are all equal, we are all made in one image, and we've all been blessed with one spirit. Yeah. We'll continue our conversation in a short while. I need to go to uh, a quick commercial break, and I hope that when I come back from the break, we can talk about what this loss means, because, uh, you know, activism is uh, voicing people's issues uh, all the time, Uh, you know, not only at one specific time, what will it mean uh, for uh, the the LGBTQI plus uh, people that his voice is now gone, his voice that has spoken so brazenly uh, for people who are LGBTQI plus? We're having a conversation with Nundland Lamkiza, advocacy officer at the Lesbian and Gay Community Health Center and co-chair of the Guazulu Natal Task Team on Hate Crimes. And we're talking to her about her reflections on uh, the late Archbishop Emeritus Desmond. We'll continue our conversation in a short while.
You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back at 10.23 on uh, The Talking Point. We are in conversation uh, on uh, reflections of uh, the late Archbishop Emeritus uh, Desmond Tutu. And uh, we're talking now specifically about, uh, you know, the role that he played in standing up for the LGBTQI plus community and the difference really he made in getting communities to embrace uh, instead of hating or even persecuting LGBTQI plus people. And uh, the conversation we're having is with Nundland Lamkize, Advocacy Officer at the Lesbian and Gay Community Health Centre and Co-Chair of the Guazul Natal Task Team on Hate Crimes Against the LGBTI uh, 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 Community. So what does this loss mean? Because this loss effectively, uh, when I reflected, it means that, you know, uh, if a hate crime were to happen against uh, a bisexual or a, a gay woman or a lesbian woman or a gay man uh, in the next week or two or three or voice Tutu's, uh, 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 Tutu's voice will not be there to be heard uh, talking against it Sure it, it, it is a, a worry um, and it is a worry in the sense that you know when a person uh, passes on the question that is always asked is uh, what pattern <laughs> have we cut off the cloth mm. um, they were wearing and the question is of the surviving uh, religious leaders in their different denominations uh, political leaders in their different um, formations, but also um, leaders generally. What what is it that they have cut out of uh, the person, the stature that the arch uh, was, insofar as the concept of leadership, the concept of building unity, and the concept of celebrating diversity where our community is concerned? I mean, we'll talk about the concept of rainbow nation, but it became a Desmond Dutu, um, ideal, then it was everybody else's in leadership, the selling of, and we can't be in a democracy and still have minorities. We can't be in a democracy and still have people whose lives are being oppressed just because of who they are and what they, 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 or who they are in relationships with. And I think that's the worry about the vacuum insofar as leadership expressions um, that we see coming forth from this point onwards. Because he was one of those leaders that if you keep quiet, he will rise and say it and almost put you on the spot about, but I'm not a politician, let the politician speak. But I, I'm no longer uh, still active. I'm retired. A clergy. Mm. Where is the clergy of the day? So I think that that's the worry uh, with a loss like this is how many others would take the bantam from where it is currently at yeah. from a political perspective, from a, to make sure that the concept of hate crimes, the concept of um, hate of the other just because of who they are comes yeah. to an end. And not just in South Africa, but within the continent. And then I think that's where the great loss comes is who else is going to speak for us? Yeah, because he, he faced a lot of attack, even in his own, uh, you know, uh, even amongst his own peers, right, for speaking uh, for, 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 for you know, the LGBTQI plus community. In fact, there was uh, a, uh, an Anglican uh, bishop in Nigeria who at one mm-hmm. time declared him spiritually dead for mm-hmm. standing up for the rights of the LGBTQI plus community. So, you know, uh, what happens now? Who stands up for those rights in uh, communities? That, that's the vacuum. That's the worry. That, that's the sense of loss. 
I think that a lot of us are feeling right now and are perhaps a, a sense of we should have perhaps even as LGBTI leaders ourselves done a little bit more to while the man was still alive, mm. push harder for others to support him and themselves to rise um, during uh, the times where he himself was persecuted for taking a stance mm. um, for our rights. It, 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 it's one of those that you'd be like, yo, we ran out of time. We could have, should have, could have, but we haven't. And the question now is then what? Yeah. Um, this is a space, like you said, for reflection, a space for us to challenge each other. But, but where did we fail each other too? Our society is still very much a society that is eating hate, speaking violence. Mm. Um, women every day are being violated, children, female and male. And the question is, what is it that we are changing? Whenever a person dies, we do, we do this, we talk, we reflect, but we hardly act. And I'm hoping from where we are located that this moment in time is going to be one that we really use to act yeah. um, and take on the bantam for real, not just as a, as a talk, but as a physical, tangible action that we're going to see religious leaders rise from this point onwards. Yeah. Um, and not just making beautiful speeches about we support, we hear, oh, we have lost, we have no what are we going to do based on the legacy that has already been built for us? Yeah. Oh, no, beautifully said. Uh, you know, wh- wh- what are you hoping uh, comes out specifically in relation to the church uh, with regards issues of uh, the LGBTQTI+, uh, knowing that we live now in a world that had to do? Mm. I think in South Africa in, in, in particular, we've been a country in full-time conversation about the concept of preventing hate crimes and hate speech. Mm. But somehow we continue to be people that on everyday basis we still speak hate speech when it comes to those that have got opinions um, and lifestyles that are not necessarily in, in support of who we think we are and what we believe should be. Mm. And I'm hoping we could be people that really go through a retrospect uh, check your own self, check your own prejudices before you speak, before you do, before you cast a stone. Check if that stone is not worth being cast on you first. Uh, if we could be those people, and I'm looking at myself too, mm. um, when I reflected on the, but what type of a leader have I been? Have I been casting stones more than I have been collecting them? Mm. Um, have I been just in my own way of talking about justice for this country, for LGBTI? And I'm wanting to, to, to encourage all other leaders to be doing the same because we can't get to the prevention of hate crimes and hate speech um, as a country if us in leadership ourselves are not realizing and understanding and therefore directing people the right way in thinking, in understanding and internalizing the concept of humanness, humility and and, and Ubuntu. And I think as it goes across the continent, uh, the question is, and of course this puts South Africa at a difficult spot because we become once again that country that talks about inclusivity, that talks about unity, that talks about the celebration of diversity within a context where a lot of people still do not want to believe we can be different and yet be all beautiful. Uh, So the question is, how are we going to advance all of that as we move forward and not let uh, the silencing of voices through death become the end of the struggle?
not let the silencing of voices through death become the end of the struggle. That's very profound and poignantly said, and we leave it there. Thank you so much, Nontlandla. Thank you. Nontan Tamkize, uh, advocacy officer at uh, the Lesbian and Gay Community Health uh, Center and uh, co-chair of uh, the Guazul Natal Task Team on uh, Hate Crimes. And uh, we're reflecting now on the role uh, that the Arch played in standing up uh, for the LGBTQ.